Hey, what's up? Uh, this is Kyle, and uh, this, you're listening to Recovered AF Podcast. Um, I am a co-host, and I'm going to kick it over to my other co-host, Aaron, a.k.a. Marty, a.k.a. Kuno, a.k.a. Daddy Fat Stacks, to, <laughs> <laughs> to do our uh, disclaimer. Hey, uh, that's right. My name is Aaron, and all of those names except for the ones that nobody calls me. Uh, <laughs> I, I call you all of those, uh, except for Daddy Fat Stacks. Yeah, that's okay. brand new. That's but. right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the disclaimer is that we're not affiliated with any twelve-step groups. Um, we're <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where Daddy Fat Stacks came from. <laughs> we're just uh, two guys that are talking about our experience. Most of the time when the show is good, we have a guest here that's talking about <laughs> <laughs> that talks about their experience, and um, a lot of times those t- experiences vol- involve getting well through the practical application of the 12 steps and the spiritual principles entail them in our lives, but in no way do we represent those 12-step groups or speak for those 12-step groups, especially today when we might not even talk about the 12 steps because we do what we want. We, it's our podcast. We can talk about whatever we want. <laughs> Dude, Kyle. your disclaimer gets better every time. And then you give it to me and I say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm pretty fucking good at just about everything I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're a creative genius. You've been writing up the descriptions recently and I feel like they've improved dramatically. Oh, the show descriptions? Yeah, like every episode, mm. uh, I usually name it. Mm. I would Well, not usually. I would say I'd, I've named most, of, most them. of them. But you have been doing the descriptions of them, and I honestly think you found your future career. <laughs> Just summarizing <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, okay, I listen to this, and here we go. I'm mm. going to name this thing this, and here is, uh, here, here's what we're going to do. It's really good. Megan's was funny. I read it, and I laughed out loud when I read it. Huh. What like, pe- that? like her piqued her interest that part. Oh yeah. I was like, <laughs> that that's funny. funny. And then I read it to Megan and she laughed out loud too. It is a painstaking process when I, I <laughs> it takes a long time. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. You uh you do great. You're yeah. better at it than I am. Thanks, so man. that's why I am like, oh yeah, uh I'll type up the name real quick and save it. And then I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. Good luck. <laughs> See, this is the ways, the mysterious ways that God works in our lives, Kyle, because um, I thought, you know, maybe um, when I got sober, I was like, man, I'd really like a career change. What could I do? And I was like, I'll be a writer. That sounds good. And then I was like, I don't think I'm cut out to be a writer. And uh, I was just looking at it all wrong. I'm not meant to write novels for a living. I'm just, I'm meant to be a writer. Yeah. Just podcast summaries. Exactly. Yeah. Like one paragraph hitters where you can just uh, grasp someone's attention and go, you know what? I think I want to listen to this. I might be able to expand to like um, book summaries that they put on the back of the book. Yeah. And they put them in the Yeah. Barnes and Noble and such. Maybe you could be a critic. Mm, no. No? Like, I, hey, this book is four out of ten stars because it 
sucks. <laughs> I don't think ripping other people's shit for a living seems very fulfilling and enjoyable to me. I think no. I'd probably be in a negative mindset all the time. Yeah. Well, being a writer, I don't know. Like the common perception of being a writer is like they're unhappy all the time. Because I too have been like, oh yeah, I could probably write because I'm not a terrible writer. I've never taken action on it. Right. But uh, then I watch like shows with writers and I'm like, they all fucking hate their lives. Yeah. It doesn't look enjoyable yeah. except for the fact you don't have to work. Yeah. No, like in TV, no writer ever works. That's the, that would, that's the draw to it. So maybe that's the thing. Maybe I'm doing it for all the wrong reasons. It's like being a teacher to get summers <laughs> off. Yeah, exactly. Although I was just saying that the other day, <laughs> last night I was telling Megan's uh, dad that uh, if I could do it all over again, I would get a teaching degree yeah. so that I could have summers off and then I would be a river raft guide. Okay. Because I actually enjoy that. Yeah. And it's like, well, mate, why wouldn't I just do the river raft thing year round? <laughs> That's what he said. Oh, fucking <laughs> wise like, guy. Yeah, easy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Because yeah. I got to make money sometime. <laughs> yeah, but he, he got, uh, guided a few rafts for a few summers out uh, in Oregon on the Rogue River. And I was like, that... You're much more interesting than I am. (laughs) Immediately. Yeah. I meet those people all the time that, oh, like when we had Ken on the show and he spent all those winters up at Winter Park teaching lessons and doing stuff. And I'm the guy that thought about doing cool things. Yeah. I never did any of it. And then I think about how it would actually work in my life and I just convince myself not to do it. No. Like writing or. Yeah. Uh, That's what I was thinking about the life of a writer. I was like, then it could be great. Then I could like all the time just like triathlon and bjj train jujitsu train and triathlon train all the time and it would be pretty badass and then do some podcasts and then i was like but i'd probably never actually get any writing done (laughs) i was like when do you make money during all of that i want to live that writer lifestyle minus the actual working right well like the book that you and i read the war of art yeah is he talks about being a pro and literally like punching in and writing and then punching out. I was just listening to Rogan talk about that with someone the other day that he's like, yeah, I I clock in and write. Yeah. Every day, like every day he writes his jokes and then like some like he and then and sometimes it's complete garbage, but he does it anyways. And other days he gets like one sentence out of five hours of writing that he uses and then builds off of that. I think I would have to do it more Sebastian Maniscalco style because he was on Rogan's podcast talking about his process and it sounded like he just takes the shit that happens in his life and then talks about it up on stage and you know has it recorded and listens back to it and works it out that way. Wow. But he sort of just takes it, just tells the story straight on the stage and then works it out from there, it sounded like. I I would just feel bad the people that are paying to see him if he's just throwing out duds because he's practicing but i think that's the thing of comedy is you don't really throw out duds because he's a funny dude yeah i think that's the thing that is pretty funny where i'm like fuck dude (laughs) he hit 15 minutes of crickets and you're like oh man i just wasted all of these people's (laughs) money and time just i'm gonna be something else (laughs) (laughs) profusely sweating (laughs) Oh man, that sounds yeah, that sounds awesome. (laughs) Um, The other thing was that I uh, finally got that Facebook page 
restarted. Yeah, you did, dude. Yeah. After them trying to steal your identity and your life. And my brain and amongst other things, because I tried to reactivate my account, and then um, because I put in the wrong password, they wanted a ID, for fuck's sake. And so I sent him one, and then they said, oh, looks like you got it all squared away, and then it wasn't squared away. So I said, it's most certainly not squared away. <laughs> you, that's what you said in an email? No, I was oh. much more polite and less attitude about it. Oh, okay. I was like, the well, situation's good. not resolved. Spiritually um, principled living yeah. in action. It was more like if I had said it at, in a voice, it'd be like, um, it's not fixed. The same things are still happening. <laughs> yeah. Probably what it sounded like. And uh, then all of a sudden, then it, then they sent me another thing back, and then I clicked on something. Fuck if I know. And now it's up and running. And um, did you posted a new picture, huh? Yeah, that's right. How'd that feel? Mm, real nice. You you got like a hundred fucking likes in a day or something. Yeah, boy. That's nuts. Um, and so. I don't know why I thought like that Facebook might be different because I'm way different than I was two years ago. It's the same thing. Not this. Not not different. It's the same thing. Yeah, which is okay. It gets to be whatever it wants. Obviously. Yeah, it's just like a bunch of people talking about politics and arguing and stuff. It's just the same people talking about the same things. Wow. Like, you know, uh, I don't know whatever they were posting about. You know, which is clearly what they're posting about is important to them. So that's cool, and that and that's that platform. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. So now I'm like, I just want to shut it down again right away. But I really need to feel. The same thing that compelled us to start this podcast is the thing that's compelling me to like be vulnerable and share it to the world. On Facebook. Mm-hmm. Megan's episode would be a good one to start with. Yeah, Megan's was really good. So, I'm biased, but I believe if I take off my boyfriend fiance hat, I think it was really a good episode. I thought you were going to say pants. <laughs> <laughs> if I take those off too, I think I, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I, her family, uh, Kepka is coming back. There dude. are family members <laughs> listening. God bless it. Kepka's only one back. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah, where do we go from there? Where's the segue from that one? <laughs> yeah. Fucking mastermind. Um, so, yeah, so I really need to, um, yeah, get out there and, oh, that's what the thing, I was maybe going to make a post, too. About a first my, post. Yeah, about my um, triathlon training going wrong. We were talking about it before yesterday's podcast. You should explain it to it the It seemed theater. a lot funnier yesterday. It seems pretty fucking dull and boring right What'd now. What'd you do to your eye? I don't know, man. Amber, I've got this, um, pot, what is it called? A burst blood vessel? That's what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. In my eye, Amber's like, what happened? And I was like, I have no idea. I didn't do anything. <laughs> is it part of your triathlon training? Yeah, probably. So I probably just trained, I probably just lifted legs too hard yesterday. You, bro. um, rubbed your taint wrong. I mean, right? I had a taint injury <laughs> in your, uh, triathlon training. Yeah. So it turns out, so I got this fucking really expensive bike because my, old bike broke and I didn't get to ride it because it's goddamn winter in Wyoming and so I finally got that bitch out yesterday and went for an 11 mile ride not yesterday 
last Sunday, and I went for an 11-mile ride. Turns out my ass is literally unprepared to ride 11 miles. Yeah. Yeah. And so got off and felt fine and a little bit sore the next day, and by Tuesday, things weren't okay (laughs) down below (laughs) in my nether regions. It turns out, folks, listen, check me out. Listen to this. <laughs> if you see if you see somebody riding their road bike down the road and they have padded spandex on or just spandex, they're probably padded. If you think that that guy's just trying to fucking look cool, you're probably wrong. Turns out those things serve a purpose. They keep your ass and your taint nice and protected while you're riding your bike long distances. <laughs> they're not just for looking cool, Kyle. So now, next time you see me riding down the road in my goddamn padded spandex. <laughs> it's not to look cool. Nope. Well, that's good because I never thought it looked cool. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm glad that it's functional and not for show because yeah. I thought it looked pretty yeah. Not cool. I was like, I always used to see people riding. I was like, hey, bro, this ain't the Tour de France. You don't have to wear that shit when you're riding around town. Yeah. I've decided that I'm going to, I have a perfect birthday gift for you, just so you know. You do? Yeah. You don't I even, can't tell you it, but I do have it. You don't even know when my birthday is, you son of a bitch. It's a gold spandex top <laughs> so that you can full on Lance Armstrong this shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm cheating too because I'm supplementing my testosterone. So when I win, so when I win the five-step triathlon, I keep saying triathlon. Like I don't want to, I don't want anybody to think that I'm doing like an Ironman. It's like man. a half triathlon, right? It's less. It's like a quarter. Less. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's so a, it's just like a bike ride, <laughs> swimming and jogging. It's like a stroll in the park, <laughs> three spins of the pedal, and I think. Like there's some drinking afterwards. I don't know. That's cool. Yeah. No, it's a 450 meter swim and it's a 10 mile ride and a two mile run. Pretty short. What 450 meter swim? Yeah. 10 mile ride. Yeah. Two mile run. Correct. What do you think you're gonna do it in? Like oh, 450 nice. meters. Yeah, the doors open. Your doggies are back. Uh, 450 meters. How like how? That's, that's about eight minutes. Eight minutes to swim that. Yeah. And but then uh, that. Can run. you do that pretty good? Yeah. Because you were a swimmer. Yeah. Oof. Got that part. Then the 10-minute, that 10-mile ride will probably take about four or 40 minutes or so. 40 minutes? Yeah, and then about 20 minutes to run two miles. No way, dude. Yeah, way. You can run faster than a 10-minute mile. I can't. I have short, stumpy legs. Dude, a 10-minute mile. <laughs> I'm pretty fucking slow. I don't know if you know this, but I used to fucking smoke a pack and a half of cigarettes yeah. every day. And, uh stick needles in my arms filled with drugs i guess when i run i run two miles and i do it in about 17 minutes i'm not like sprinting oh okay but so you think you're better than me no (laughs) (laughs) no i was just trying to think through that i bet i would do 20 minutes after a 10 mile bike ride and a swim that i would die during the swim but yeah okay well, that's cool. That's like two weeks from now, right? Maybe they can Three do an weeks. alternate version, like where the first 450 meters you can kick a fucking softball field, a soccer ball down the field. That'd be cool. Shh. I'd probably win the triathlon. Shh. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, It'll be called the European triathlon. Yeah, that's like three weeks from now, right? Two. Two weeks. Yep. Are you nervous? No, I will be. Do you do any... Um, <clears throat> like visualization practicing or anything like Is staring at myself in a mirror not quite okay then no <laughs> that's just pure joy 
Um, like <laughs> that's just vanity. Aaron. Yeah. Like you don't do anything like where you like envision bit. yourself doing it. You no. tr- have you ever looked into that? No, but next Saturday I'm going to drive down and, and do it. Uh, no, just drive the course so I can figure out what I'm doing when I go down there. Yeah, and then that's what a podcast told me to do. And then envi- and then visualize it. Yeah, or just not get lost during the race. Yeah, like um, I don't want to say I I don't know. I thought it was Jordan though. Always talked about like visualizing before the game and stuff. Yeah, when I was in high school, we had to watch the same video all four years of Zig Ziglar. Do you know who Zig Ziglar was? He's mm-hmm. a motivational speaker, and yeah. he always said this thing about like how you could beat the best um, archery shooter in the world because you just put a blindfold on him and spin him around ten times, and how can you shoot a target you, do, you can't see? Anyway, and then we'd have to do all this visualization stuff. So yeah, I'm I familiar th- with the practice. We used to do it in swimming a lot. Really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. We'd have a goal-setting practice and a whole thing. Yeah. Anyway. So um, swimming, go ahead. you got something? No, I just was wondering if we could talk about you for a while. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. You're getting uncomfortable. Uh, that's all right. Yeah. I, I you love, love talking yeah. about you. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm just a podcast hog. Yeah. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm interested. I know you somewhat well, but I still learn new stuff about you. Like when you found out I swam. Yeah, yeah. that was a disappointment for sure. I think <laughs> the when I found out you swam is exactly how you felt when you found out I played soccer. Yeah, it was just like ugh. It's just a gut, just a punch in the gut. And it, we like, could have been best friends. You think you know somebody, <laughs> and then you're playing a sport that you don't even use your hands, and uh, you're playing a sport where you you don't even use a ball though. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. I can't even defend that. I know what it was. <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah. Man. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so we had Kyle's um, fiance on the show yesterday, and we're pretty sure that's the best one that we did. I wish all of our guests were just as easy as Megan. Not that there's anything. All of our guests have been amazing. Yeah, our guests have been really good. Megan just knows you and I really well. Yeah, and that like was the thing. The three of us yes. and Amber hang out. We do stuff together. So yeah, it didn't even feel like we were doing a podcast, that, I think, was the big thing. Yeah, then that's what I meant by that. Yeah. We're just so already comfortable with one another that was just like bullshitting for an hour. Yeah, I told my mom today, though, I said Megan was like a natural. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because... Mm. Like, we don't have the fanciest shit in the world, but, like, we have microphones and headphones and, like, a, you know, a mixer and, like, this audio equipment. And even me, you know, for the first five, five, six episodes, it's kind of nerve-wracking. And she sat down and was, like, super comfortable, and I was impressed. Because she, um, she's the sweetest person in the world, but I think sometimes she gets a little nervous of stuff, and she, she just fucking aced it yesterday yeah i think so when she a lot of time um you know contributes in meetings she seems still a little bit shy and withdrawn yeah um maybe it was a little way that a little bit that way at the beginning yesterday but by the time 
she just got really involved in what we were doing. Yeah. She was like, that was so fun afterwards. She talked about it with me and was like, that was so fun. I mean, she really enjoyed it. So it's different the way that like, so Ken has a little studio that he did, but we didn't do headphones. We just sat there and talked to the mic. Yeah. And then um, I, it hasn't come out yet, but I was on my buddy's, my buddy Dan's talking about uh, the ketogenic diet. That's right. I was going to ask if that's out. Yeah, no, not yet. Um, but we just did that on his iPhone sitting between us. Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so, and then you and I have a, we have a mixer, we have headphones, we have microphones, we have pop filters, but you don't even know a pop filter was a thing. Yeah. It's a thing to prevent sounds. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of, it can be intimidating. Yeah. Some people like Dan was really, I think cause he's done like 170 episodes on his podcast. He was pretty comfortable with the interview process and, Ken was too. So yeah, even me still, I still kind of get a little anxious sometimes and stuff just because it's, it's just different. But yeah, yesterday's just, like I said, I think just because we we get along so well. It's just weird that we're recording us talking. All we're doing is recording us talking like today. We haven't talked about shit. Yeah. And we're going to put this out and people are going to listen to it. But like, I don't know. It's it's a lot cooler, I suppose, with people like fucking Joe Rogan and his buddies and shit like that that are on that right. kind of a thing. But it's just uh, it's just an interesting format that's available in today's world when you stop and think about how weird it really is. Yeah, Megan used to make fun of me because I, I have uh, YouTube on my TV, you know, and I'll watch some podcasts and she'll always be like, so you're just going to watch two people talk? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but it's funny and it's engaging. I learn stuff. That it's long formatted, especially ones with like, we talk about Rogan a lot, but like with him and like scientists or something, you know, I get, it's interesting to see them or their debates and stuff, you know, like it's just, uh, it's interesting. I get more out of it and the human interaction, I think, you know what I mean? Like that you see just humans connecting and interacting and sharing their opinions and it's not like a fucking blown out fight. And I think that's what, like, so when I watch TV, so the weirdest thing happened when I got back from Mexico. I was thinking about this the other day. So people that maybe are just listening to this episode, I went down to uh, Mexico and did a a drug called Ibogaine and one called DMT to try and uh, stop that opiate addiction. And when I got back, I was pretty, I was weird. I don't know the way to say it, but, like, my whole brain had gotten scrubbed by these things. It was like just hitting a reset button on the brain. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a pretty cool thing, but the weird one of the weird side effects was like I could own the only thing I could watch on television was live sports, and they were absolutely enthralling. There was like just a ton of drama going on, yeah. and it was just like very real, and it was really cool. And um, anything outside of that seemed terribly contrived and ridiculous, and I couldn't even watch it. It was right. so fucking weird. Yeah. But to that point, and the reason why I'm making that point is like what I like about those podcasts and what's hard to watch about television is it's just ridiculous a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's just meant to, you know, tell a silly story that's obviously make believe if you're watching you know, mm-hmm. sitcoms or whatever, but even quote unquote reality TV is pretty scripted and right silly. And so like the cool thing about this podcast is and the ones that we listen to hopefully is it's just 
one of the ones that we like is it's just two people talking and being themselves. Mm-hmm. I've heard advertisements for other ones that are more like shows, and I'm like, fuck that. That's just the same shit, right? Only on a podcast. Yeah, and I have listened to a few. And the ones that don't hold my interest are, they seem more themed or scripted or formatted. Like you and I, we tell all of our guests, really the only conversation we have with anyone is, what do you not really want to talk about? And then we press play and just start talking. Like we, you and I don't have a script. We don't have an agenda. I I usually don't even know what the first question I'm going to ask someone is. It's just like, hey, what do you not want to talk about? Okay, We'll respect that. Let's not talk about that. We'll make sure we keep that in the forefront of our mind. And then we press play. Our intro isn't even the same every time. You know, like nope. you and I just wing it. And I think the organic, it's just natural. You know what I mean? It just is. It just comes, which I, I find appealing in, in our show and as well as other other podcasts that I'm interested in. I think what endears me to other people, regardless of whatever they're talking about, is just like... Um, their their human nature and their mm-hmm. humanisms, yeah. And it's not somebody pretending to be something that's not happening. And right. Um. So like when I hear somebody's stories, it's like you know I I listened to this one a while back, and this guy was having a lot of success, and I didn't really give a shit, and it seemed pretty bravado like. And then he talked about how you know like eighteen months or twenty four months earlier he'd been you know living on the garage of his house and a and embroiled in a shitty divorce and right. doing too much drinking and life sucked. And then my interest was peaked and I was like, okay, now this is something I can relate to. Yeah. Being a self-loathing piece of shit. Right. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. like, okay, now you're talking about language. Right. Okay. I'm getting right. down with this dude. Yeah. yeah. And then the redemption behind that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, sometimes when I see people that are doing well, I, I have the false assumption that things are just always going well in their lives. Right. And uh, then when I hear the struggle, it's like peeking behind the curtain, you know, or mm-hmm. if you see somebody that's just in really good shape, I just, I, I always assumed that they were just naturally gifted. And now when I'm in the gym at five o'clock every morning and I see the same people in there every day busting their ass, I'm like, oh, it's not, no. Yeah, they, it makes sense why that guy's got a good body. Or yeah. Whatever, yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah, that guy actually works hard. And does just, anyway, just, yeah, to, so, so to hear about that work or that struggle or that thing is the thing like, um, or maybe talking about a taint injury from riding a bicycle yeah. in front of, I was going to say a lot of listeners, but we... We get an average amount of listeners. Yeah. I don't know what average is. Fuck no. I'm sure it's pretty average. <laughs> yeah. I'm just willing to bet. Yeah, We're I would pretty think so. average. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Um, like today, we don't we don't have anything to talk about, but we decided we we're going to sit down, put the shit out every week. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're doing. I sort of had a topic, but then I didn't really want to talk about that, so we're not going to talk about what that. What did you want to talk about, Aaron? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. You can talk like, about whatever you want. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. Um, do you have plans for Mother's Day? Um, I'm not talking about that either. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to go uh, drop off a card to my mom. She gets her nails done. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's a gift card so she can get her nails done. Nice. Yeah. That's good. And then we'll do that and we'll leave. They have a puppy and the puppy doesn't yeah. smell very good and it jumps up a lot. So I love puppies. That's unfortunate for mom. That We're poor doggy. Spend a lot of time over there. Doesn't that doggy have something wrong with it? That's why he stinks. Or Isn't she. It? Yeah. 
I think that the problem with it is that she's a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I almost brought my dog over here today, but then I got nervous. And so I went and picked him up this Uh, morning. We would have liked him here. I know, but you guys have a nice house and nice floors and two little doggies. And Finn would have fucking just (laughs) been Finn. You know, he's a a year and a half, so he's almost out of puppy puppy face, but he's still... He's a go-getter. Yeah, he is a energetic little bastard. Yeah, yeah. Although he was exhausted today. Good. Yeah. So it was. I that's how I got him, and then he, I bet he's still asleep. So there's this thing um, on that movie Tin Cup where Don Johnson's character doesn't like um, children or old people, and mm-hmm. that makes him a bad guy. And uh, you don't like dogs. I don't like children, puppies, or old people. So I'm probably the fucking worst person alive. Yeah, you are. There's a, a pretty good chance of it. I would think so. Yeah. But you have two dogs. I know you like dogs. You just don't like yeah. the idea of dogs. No, I don't like puppies. I'm not so sure. You liked my dog. These dogs were, well, not Luna. She was like three, six months old, maybe. Six months old. Poncho was like three already. That's right. And our last two dogs were also rescue dogs. The rescue dogs are the best because you don't have to deal with all that puppy bullshit. They're great. I, I don't like, understand I like why dealing people with the get puppy puppies. Bullshit. I love that. That's fucking I don't want to do it again. Megan and I, I was determined to get a dog. Like Megan graduates on the 18th. I was going to get a dog May 19th, another one. And then now I kind of enjoy one dog. Yeah. And another dog right now I think would be a lot. And Megan and I are going to, we're going to try to go to Portugal or somewhere in October. And right now we've got a sweet deal where my parents watch our dog. But if we get another dog and he's a big dog, I think that might be too much and I might lose our babysitter. So, yeah, that's right. You got to worry about those so things. So I have to be self seeking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Say, well, I want to go on vacation. So, honestly, yeah, we're going out to California in July to do a family reunion with Amber's parents and, uh, we thought about maybe going out early and driving up the coast to Washington or Oregon cool. or doing it after, but then we're already going to be gone like four days, and then... You have a dog sitter. Yeah. yeah, that's just too much. Yeah, that is a lot. So we're just going to head back instead. Plus, I don't think I would be very good driving in a car up the coast of California and Oregon. That might give me anxiety. Yeah, it would be cool, though. You should do it. It'd be good growth. Like we were talking about yesterday, growth, traveling. Oh, yeah. Megan's brother and and his wife, they went overseas and just traveled around for like six months. Really? Yeah. I, could I was never. like, they're spiritual giants. Yeah, they are. I could <laughs> never do that. No. Megan, I, Megan and I talk about like wanting to do that, but that's a long time. Yeah, right after he graduated, they went overseas and they like went to Scotland Ireland, Budapest, I want to say like uh, Poland and Germany and like all kinds of cool places. They did like a whole thing, like six months worth. The single biggest curse of being a picky eater is not being able to travel. Yeah. I could never survive on one of those trips because what am I going to eat, man? I think that's just an excuse. I don't eat anything. Meat everywhere has meat, dude. I don't know. You start getting into Asia, man, and that meat turns into fish, and I don't eat. <laughs> yeah. I don't eat that shit. Yeah, they um, they yeah, They'd probably go and shit. And they know, didn't even like, have a plan. 
I got a friend that's Greek, and they eat goat heads on holidays and shit. That's fucking legit. They didn't even have a plan, though. They just, like, traveled and then would pick the next place they wanted to and then find, like, a hostel or Airbnb and then travel to the next place. That's just fucking psycho. People do cool shit, and I always want to do that, but then have always been in my own way. Yeah. Not anymore. No. Megan and I do a good amount of traveling. You're going where the wind calls. Yeah. I'm Probably I'm, Portugal in October. I'm hoping so. Yeah. I, 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 may, I told Megan she could pick, but selfishly, I'm like, hey, Lisbon looks kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you pick wherever you want to go, but Lisbon's kind of cool. Look at it. But look at this. Yeah. But we'll see. Because we're going to go on vacation for, grad, for her graduation, and then we're going to get married in June of next year. So about a year out. And then... We're going to try to honeymoon somewhere where we can check out like four or five countries. I told Amber, I was like, babe, we can go anywhere you want this summer. Do you want to go to Deadwood or do you want to go to Blackhawk? <laughs> <laughs> either, either one. We should make a Blackhawk trip, dude. The four of us. I need to go fucking destroy a craps table again. That would be fun. Last time in Blackhawk, I came back with like 800 bucks. You up. did? Yeah. I've never gambled sober. It's more fun. It is. I win. You do? <laughs> yeah. Like, or at least I know what's going on and I can get out at the right time. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing very well. I'm going to go ahead and pick up my chips and move. Our, like in craps, yeah. craps is such a, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. When I'm drunk, I'm just fucking like, whatever. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a lot to be going <laughs> I don't on. Know, just throw wherever you want. Here. That guy seems to be winning. Yeah. Double up his. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just follow the leader. Yeah. But like when I was there for my brother's, uh, uh, what is that called? Bachelor party. Yeah. And we went to Blackhawk and Top Golf and all this stuff. And yeah, I was up. I ended up leaving eight hundred dollars ahead of what I went there on the trip with. Nice. So, all off of that craps table. That happened to me one time, and uh, it was when I wasn't being dishonest with money. It's a whole long story. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, I, uh, I had gotten on. I'd done the sub gone the suboxone route, trying mm-hmm. to get free of the thing, and so like. I wasn't spending spending hundreds of dollars every week, but I couldn't really just start putting hundreds of dollars every week into my account, or my wife would have known that I had been it because I was trying to hold hide the whole thing from Amber still. Mm-hmm. And so then I just started putting that money into an account and just holding on to it, and then I was just going to slowly leak it back into our <laughs> checking account, you know. And yeah, but then uh, her work was able to she had to do a training in Las Vegas of all places and so I got to go with her and Is uh, that when you put together a PowerPoint on why you guys could go? Was no, that a different that trip? That was a different trip. Okay. That was when I wasn't being honest with money. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I got my <laughs> so ass awesome. yeah, and I got my ass handed to me that trip. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that yeah. was some ingenuity yeah. on my part. Yeah. <laughs> uh Amber and Amber Amber and I were going to Vegas for a soccer trip of hers and uh with some old friends and um and uh, we really probably couldn't afford to go. And uh, she was wanting to really streamline the budget because we owed her parents some money. And I was like, no, this is why we can both go to Las Vegas and pay your parents back and create a PowerPoint and how that might work. And, and you, it worked because you were in Vegas and yeah. lost a bunch of money. Yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah. It always seems like I would always lose a lot of money that I didn't have yeah. to lose. Yeah. Whereas the trip before when I had the money and I had... You won. Up. Yeah, yeah, I won, came home, bought season tickets to football. and Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So 
Um, I don't know if you don't want to talk about this, we don't have to. How did you go about cleaning all of that up? Is that mine? I'm sorry. I thought I had my thing off. It's you. It's not me because I'm a professional. <laughs> how did I do what now? How did you go? How did you go about cleaning all of that up? Cleaning like with Amber, up? like because uh, you're the, pretty open about it now. That like, oh yeah, I was really dishonest here and like this. Like, and again, if you don't want to talk about it, that's kind of personal. But I understand. But you mean how, just clean up the trust issue or the money issue? Like Amber? both. Yeah. Like, what did you do? Like, because like. More so, like the trust issue from being dishonest and all of that. Like, how did you? Yeah, that took a that took a minute because, like, um, my wife had gone from being a person the first time I went to treatment in 2012, and and I really was good at leading a double life, and she had no idea that I was a junkie, and um, and I and so so when it when it went out when all came when it all came out. She was very supportive and found a treatment center that my insurance would accept and done of all of these supportive things and was the most supportive person you could ever meet yeah. to when I told her I was going to Mexico to do psychedelics to try and get off drugs. She said, I don't give a fuck what you do. You have zero chance of ever getting sober. I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. And this is a very nice, very supportive yeah. woman. So She's one of her, the best women I've ever met. Right. So for her to get to that point, I'd clearly done some damage. Right. And uh, I think to clean that up, like, it wasn't about doing any talking. The first thing was um, realizing that we could sell that house and um, pay off mm. debt and have enough money left over to put into a new house and have some new things. Amber done a very good job of paying the mortgage and paying a little bit extra on that first house. And she'd done a very good job of balancing things to try and keep, you know, the, the bills together when mm -hmm. I was, anyway. And um, so I was like, hey, let's sell this house. And I was like, even if we get divorced, we're going to have to sell the house. And if things work out, because she wasn't living at home, and I said, if things work out, then we'll start, get a new fresh start. And so she didn't have any, I am. She didn't have any faith that I could do that. Right. Understandably, like I'm not knocking on her. Right. Um, I'd never even could, I'm not even a kid that can put together a science fair project because I have <laughs> not the ability to plan or sustain anything for right. any amount of time. <laughs> yeah. And so um, the fact that I made a plan and put it all together and put it into action and came in on time mm -hmm. and also set all of the budget for that because that. All of the shit that I did, I'd never done before. So I really looked, and then so, and, and, and this time we were starting to reconcile because it took, I don't know, four or five months to get that house ready to sell. Right. And um, so I think that was the first thing. And then I just started behaving differently and talking less, I think. Yeah. My, the first time I got sober in 2012, I really did a lot of talking mm -hmm. and maybe not that much changing. Right or as much. And this was more of a, I, well, I knew I couldn't say anything. What the fuck could I say? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, selling that house, paying off all of that debt, having enough. And like, we actually came in a little bit ahead of what I thought we were going to oh and enough to have, you know, some put away and right. things we've never had before. Yeah. And so when like when that happened, I think that, and then the rest of it again has just been being a different person, helping out around the house. Yeah, because um, I um, 
I like my drinking I I had dated other people before but like I hadn't had a committed life where you know like I blew up my life but everyone else evacuated right you know and right. and so I just I've wondered that where you know you were able to rebuild that and like your guys's relationship from from my perspective is very strong and solid and like there is trust and yeah faith and stuff in it again you know so i was just curious like well i mean and i know that it's not overnight yeah i did it different this time look at me yeah it was definitely over the course of months and years and and it still has to be like um I'm not really, um, I don't have to experience um, fear anymore around like using uh, or drinking or anything, Mm -hmm. but I do sometimes experience fear about turning back into that old husband that logged as much sofa time on the weekend as possible and bitched about how hard he worked and just a bunch of horse shit, really. Right. And... uh, and so it's, I don't know, that fear can sometimes drive me to where, like, say, little shit, like when I'm leaving the house in the morning and there's a few things like my shoes are laying out or maybe a pair of pants are on the floor and looking at it and thinking, oh, I can leave that and then understanding that fear of being that person. And, and so just, like, being different is what gained her trust and repaired that damage. Yeah. It wasn't doing, it wasn't saying anything. It was just being something that I hadn't been. Right. Yeah, that's, it's just, uh, it's cool to see again, you know, like to, not again, but like it's cool to see that happen in people's lives. That's some of the beauty of it is I, not only is drugs and alcohol removed, but I behave differently, I act differently, and as a result of that, sometimes good things come come back or come full circle or whatever, you know. I wish we still had that third microphone set up right now. I knew I shouldn't have put it away. We could just ask her, like, what was it? Like, what was it that yeah. made it? You know what I mean? Just Grab her and have her talking to yours. She, You're going to put her on the spot. She's going to say, go fuck yourself. Yeah, the door's closed. Yeah. That's a no-go. Yeah, she's like, not a chance. Dude. We've tried to get Amber to... We're, we've politely suggested to Amber several times that maybe she'd be interested in being on the podcast, and she's pretty... Um, she's mm, not not a really on the spot talker like she talks a lot because she teaches but that's always that stuff she's prepared and gone Mm -hmm. over and she's not really we had another friend like that that we thought about maybe being on the podcast but she didn't really feel comfortable about being on the spot yeah yeah because again our thing is just fucking here we go like you were about to just be like amber come out of here come tell us what made you change your perspective on Aaron. Well, because I got to thinking about it as I was talking about it. I was like, well, I think I know what happened, but I guess I've never fucking bothered to ask her. Like, yeah. Wait, what was it? Why? How can you trust me now? That's why I want to have her on the podcast, I guess. But that would I don't want to get too divulged into your guys' relationship. Mm-hmm. But I just think it would be a cool perspective of like, okay, this is what it's like. What happened? You know, like what? what I don't know. But what was it about you for like your parents? Because like, so for me... Amber was the one that had to experience most of the repercussions of my using. Whereas mm-hmm. you, I mean, I know you were gone away from home a lot, you know, from the time you graduated high school yeah. until the time you got sober, which is a good chunk of time. But they're the ones that like lost nights of sleep right. worrying about you. They're the ones that bailed you out of jail. Like they're the ones and like you 
worked with or for your dad. Like they're mm-hmm. the ones that probably caught the brunt and your brother of your drinking. So what, like, what was it? Cause you said you went to, you went to go to the lake for the first time sober, man. And they were scared to death. Yeah. I think what happened for me was when I, uh, when I got sober, I had, uh, I had not nothing left. Like I didn't have anywhere to go. I, I didn't have any, I, I didn't have anything. So I had to move back in with my parents. And when I did that, I think they got to see, and not immediately, right, you know, but they got to see the same thing, like me behaving differently. And um, I, I, I don't like, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm tuning my, but they saw me working. They saw me working, like actually doing this thing. I was, I mean, I was, and sometimes that was it, that, it, that, action was misguided, but they saw me do putting in work, you know, like going to meetings every day. You know, I was, I was like, I got sober. I swear I probably moved like seven people in the first two months of my sobriety. Cause it was just like, I was just like, I will do anything. You know what I mean? So I, they just saw me doing stuff and they, at one point, um, I was, I don't know, four or five months sober and I was working like 50, 50 to 55 hours a week. I had 10 hours of government regulated classes because of my legal issues and attending a, a once a week court appearance and three drug tests a week and working. And then on the weekends, I, you know, I was going to the gym every day, you know, like they just saw me having a full life and putting in work and not being the guy that's just complaining and trying to get out of work and avoiding like I think they just saw someone different I think I would probably have to ask them too but I know at one point my mom just told me that it's so nice to not have to worry anymore and that my actions had changed her perspective on on me as a person so and then just I I think then that this is the thing that's come full like where we ended up us backing our way into a topic here about about amends but um fuck i don't want to get preachy but like i see this shit get fucked up all the time or or misrepresented i guess and mm-hmm. that this has something to do with apologizing and like don't get me wrong there's some apologizing that goes on right um but uh our our book talks about that this is a reparation of damage mm-hmm. and and then what that might look like could be very different. It could be paying back money that we owed. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is just the things that we've talked about, showing up and being different people. Yeah. Like that's, you know, repairing damage requires action on my part. Yeah. It doesn't require a lot of talking. Yeah, exactly. And I think I, uh, like for me, I was humbled a lot in early recovery, you know, moving back in with my parents when I, I'm an adult (laughs) and I don't have a ride. So my dad's giving me a ride everywhere or, you know, asking people for rides. And (laughs) when I, I I was given a leave of absence for work so that I could go to rehab. And when I got out, I was, I was given a job, but it was a, a a demotion, like four rings under where I was at. So, and, and I showed up every day and I worked hard every day. And when I got done with that job, I would go ask my boss, what do you need me to do now? You know, like, some of that, like my, my actions had just changed and that, like it, like our literature talks about, like 
10 or 20 years of drunkenness would make a skeptic out of anyone, yeah. but our actions will change them in time. Yeah. And I think that doesn't mean I don't apologize or, you know what I mean? But my parents heard me and my brother and everyone had heard me apologize a thousand times. Yeah. And they're like, dude, that doesn't work anymore. No. We believed you the first hundred times. Yeah. And we thought that maybe you would change. And then we got to a point where we thought you're just as fucked as you thought you were. Yeah. And now seeing you do something different. I think has really cleaned that up. To I believe. To dr- the extent of the damage that I had done is just the point to where Amber was. Just to see a person as supportive as Amber, um, just absolutely so hurt and, and mm-hmm. so betrayed to the point where she was like, I don't care what you do. I don't, you have 0% chance of ever being yeah. sober. Like, it's just not. Yeah, it's not so, going to happen to yeah. you. Yeah, and to hang around, and for me to hang around any longer and try and watch you is just too much. Yeah, it's not. So it's just crazy to see those things. Not everything gets mended, but yeah. to see the things that do get mended on the other side. Yeah, I think that's one thing. Early in recovery, when I'm going to go out and attempt to make amends, is I can't even fathom that it's ever going to be okay. And like, and we had, you know, she had a, a couple of, you know, moments of doubt where, you know, things were getting like, uh, when, when we were living at my parents' house, we had sold, we, so we sold that house and then, um, we didn't have one to buy. And then the one we ended up putting an offer in was getting built. So we, we didn't have a place to live for a while. And, and for the most part, she lived with her parents and I mine, but, there was a little bit my dad went hunting because you know my mom was um injured at the time and he was like taking care of her around the clock and so he needed to get the fuck out and get your vacation in and so um so we were living there and then um i mean you know my mom was maybe was having some financial stuff but anyway she wanted to borrow some money and but she was trying trying to be all sneaky about it Mm -hmm. and amber got really suspicious and uh she asked me to take a drug test and i was like yeah that's fine and yeah like i was like chuckling because it takes like 10 minutes to read right and as soon as i gave it to her she's like staring at it and i was like i felt a little bad (laughs) she was like babe it's gonna take like 10 minutes and i was like chuckling and then i was like that's probably not okay like right she's it's very real at that moment for her she's absolutely panicked at that point right because I'm being shady and taking out like 300 bucks again. <laughs> yeah. The She's reason like, Damn sounds it. a little bit yeah. weird. Yeah. Like right. You would have to give this to like your mother. Like who, you know, you know right. it was a weird situation. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, but fortunately like that, you know, obviously right. came back clean and. Well, in some of that, I'm like, so, uh, like at least you were chuckling in a good place. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like I, um, sometimes I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, like, can't you see all of this stuff I'm doing? And it's like, oh yeah, no, that's one of those examples where like, yeah, people sometimes like, like the lake thing for me, I just remember being really off put and, and Megan was like, don't you kind of get it though? (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I always joke. Megan's more spiritual than I am. Cause, cause I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I've never been this sober in my whole life, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, yeah, but don't yeah. you kind of get right. it? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, my situation, I completely understood it um, because I had done that. I mean, I'd had years of sobriety. Yeah. And then, and then 
you know, bit the dirt again. Mm-hmm. And I'd pull my shit together for a little while and then go down again. And so, you know, fortunately for me, that made it was pretty logical that she would. And the whole situation seemed shady in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, looking at like, it, you're yeah. like, yeah, that this. Yeah. I was like, I sort of get this one. <laughs> yeah. If you only know 20% of what's going on, this looks really bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and, and she was like, and she, I think she might have said something about how, you know, like cool I was about it. And I was like, yeah, well, that's because I knew I was going to pass. Yeah. Like, if I had any doubt at all, I would have made a big fucking deal. Yeah. It would have been it. a fight to yeah, not take it. I <laughs> made a big scene yeah you know and then if i'd have known i'd have failed i probably you know pissed in that thing and then gone storming out because i don't know yeah you're like i'm a fuck like fingers crossed something happens and it doesn't show (laughs) up if not where's the bar yeah i lost out on a life insurance policy that way once yeah failed the drug test Mm. after i disclosed that i'd been to treatment (laughs) yeah i've been i tried to get a life insurance policy and was denied because of my driving record so i know what that's like yeah but my driving record is getting much better. Yeah, right. I can apply again in a year and yeah. get a policy. I know. I'm trying to figure out when that was so that I can like <laughs> reapply. And then I also, I'll also be a non-smoker and won't have any kind of drug-related history. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking about this last night. Um, I don't know if this is, this is kind of, but I was just talking about it. It was fucking... My, my last two car insurance payments are the first car insurance payments I've had without an SR22 on them. Wow. Yeah, cause for like the last nine years because yeah. I got one and then four years later got another one. And so my insurance was always like $180 a month. And I was like, that's just what I thought insurance cost. Wow. And then my insurance is like 50 bucks now. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even the, think about that. Now, these are the things that when the 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 book talks about, I think in the doctor's opinion that um, our alcoholic life seemed the only normal one. Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. Like if you're just if you're just used to having SR twenty twos on your insurance <laughs> for nine years, yeah. yeah, I'm just like that's what it is. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and if your life is just involved with making up money transactions and explaining them away, yeah, it's then, just natural. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or using taking cash out of one credit card to go pay a credit card bill on <laughs> yeah. a different credit card. Yeah, oh yeah. My God. yeah. Poor Amber couldn't figure out why we could never get that um, the one credit card paid down because she'd pay like three hundred bucks a month on it, and then like, which would give me like two hundred bucks to use on yeah, it. And yeah, I knew when she paid it every month, and I'd just take that two hundred dollars cash back out yeah. and go spend it on fucking drugs. Yeah. What an asshole. Life is crazy. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, that makes me feel bad. Yeah. It should. Yeah. That's we, not your life anymore, though. No, we don't. You have even to. get to carry a yeah. credit card around sometimes. That's right. It's got a huge limit. <laughs> yeah, and dude. And then when it comes, I share the bill with her. Yeah. And You're then, like, hey, here's this. And then I pay it. Yeah. Dude, when we got into this house, I set up the automatic withdrawal payments for our mortgage. Like, I got trusted and and entrusted to do that. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, I would have never done it before. I couldn't have been entrusted to do it because I wouldn't have done it. You would have missed a mortgage payment. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Just the, we talk, I'll shut up so that we can go, but, like, the weird things that I was afraid of and, like, the responsibility of paying a mortgage was one. And yeah. I was just like, 
had this weird fear that I would have somehow fucked it up or something and would have just shrunk away from the response. I just shrunk away from all responsibility. I was so afraid of fucking everything up that I just shrunk from any and all responsibility. Yeah. And it wasn't really because I was lazy. Like I thought it was, but it was just because I was goddamn afraid of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then life experience continues to pound in the fact that you're going to fuck this up. Yeah. <laughs> like that's my case is like, I'm afraid to fuck this up because look at my entire life and <laughs> right. all of my financial decisions. I fuck everything. Right. Up. That was like when I got, when I, you know, like when I, my credit score was God awful <laughs> and I owed so much money. And then when it was paid off, it was like, I'm never going to have any debt ever again. Cause I'm afraid of it, you know? Yeah. And then, then I like getting a mortgage. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, these people trust me. <laughs> like what is going on? Like, yeah. you know, and then, yeah, I, I had, I have a credit card again that like, I have, you know, $200 on that. I pay off monthly. And yeah. like, I, yeah, it's just financial life is, I, that was probably one of my biggest fears. I didn't even know it was financial insecurity and it's, it doesn't really exist anymore. No, I've had that same experience. Like, yeah. uh, I just, there was no reason for us to have to live the way we did based on our earning, our combined earning capability. Yeah. That's where we were living, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, I think uh, it was Dax, with Dax Shepard's yeah. podcast. He was talking to a guy that's like a sports psychologist. And the one thing that he did say that hit home was like that, um, sobriety was the least of the gifts I got yeah. out of this deal. I listened to this, like the first half of that and that was what he said pretty early on. In yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to buy it. Well, I'm not. I shouldn't say financial insecurity is gone either because I still put a lot of weight into financial decisions that yeah. almost seems insane. But I'm looking at trucks and I found two that I really like and I didn't pull the trigger on either of them. Yeah. Megan's trying to convince me and everyone is like, just do it. And I'm like, oh my God. Is one a three quarter ton diesel with a turbo? Nope. You pussy. That's a, that's a Marty <laughs> move. That's not my move. I'm going to get a nice truck that will do everything I need. Sporty? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's efficient. And like I a TRO, like a Toyota racing off-road? That's what I want is a Tacoma off-road, yeah. yeah. Like a little sporty tires and it's got the... Oh, extra suspension. And, yeah, and then it'll be fun to drive, but it could still pull a boat or something if I ever get to that point. But it wouldn't. I. Your truck is fucking sick. I just. I don't want to make that decision. I've made. I've made that decision before. I love your truck. I would buy your truck, but I also. You're also daddy fat stacks. So <laughs> I'm not. So yeah. Um. Yeah. That uh, you and Megan are like um, adventurers. Like when you like want to go camping, you guys want to like hike and 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 rough it and stuff like that. And I'm fucking forty two and I can't sleep outside of my <laughs> nice king size <laughs> mattress. And I'm like, mm, I could pull my camper up to somewhere and maybe sleep in it. Yeah. But uh, actually, probably now that I'm in decent shape, I wouldn't mind the hiking and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, Come backpacking in with Megan and I in camp. I don't know, man. I don't think I'd get a lot of sleep. I have my uh, I have achy joints. You yeah. See. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're fifty eight minutes. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Let's. We don't even it. have a topic. No. We just bullshit it for fifty eight minutes. Yeah. Let's call maybe it. Maybe not our most. 
popular episode. Um, our our email is recoveredafpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, like, feel f- f- we were talking about we didn't get we don't get any emails. And that's all right. We have had some, but yeah. we just I'm always like, oh yeah, we say it all the time. Yeah, maybe someone will email us. But, but like, um, and then I was like, well, I never emailed shows, and then we got we got off on that. But like, um, if you want to. Don't feel weird. Email us. Yeah. Unless you're going to tell us to get fucked. Then you should email us. Yeah, you can still I would like that, too. Any sort of feedback is good. Yeah. Tell us to fucking hang ourselves. Anything. Well, that's a little extreme. (laughs) 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 All right. I'm done. Later.